Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Agents of Mace. This week, you have Alisa, Luke, and myself, Drew. I'm back from my international missions abroad. I'm just kidding. It was just a vacation. But anyway, uh, so Loki ended, and now we're going to talk about the entire season. Because you can't just talk about one episode... After it's all done, you got to look at the whole thing and what it did for us as fans and what it did for the MCU. I feel like Loki really stood apart from the other series that we've had so far, where WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier seemed very self-contained. Loki really had a major impact on the MCU. Um I know the other two shows also had like many things that popped up that will surely come back uh, in the MCU, but I feel like Loki really set us up for the actual next steps. Um, So before we get into all the heavy stuff, we'll start with a little bit on a lighter note, I guess. Uh, And I just kind of wanted to hear what your favorite episodes were or episode and what your favorite moment was from the series. Um, so, Alisa, we'll start with you. Okay. Um, I said last week that my favorite moment from the entire season was probably Loki and Sylvie's fight with each other in episode six. And in retrospect, I think it's tied because I started thinking about the season as a whole and thinking about how great the time theater scene was. And so these two that kind of bookend the entire series are definitely my two contenders. I loved both of them. I loved the insight that they gave us into Loki as a character. I loved how well that they were played by the actors. Um, There's just so much going on in each one. And they're just... I I can't choose between them now that I'm thinking about both of them. So (laughs) those are my two favorite moments. And uh, favorite episode is also kind of tough to call because each one felt uh very distinct from the others i think the first one was probably the funniest and i always like to to laugh whenever i'm watching something uh in addition to also being like the saddest so way to go michael waldron um (laughs) but i don't know my very very favorite one to just watch on its own probably because of how self-contained the story is is uh, Lamentus. That was just yeah. a good one. It was basically just uh, Loki and Sylvie hanging out in an apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that might be it, my favorite episode. I, I, I definitely agree. It was like a sort of standalone episode almost. <laughs> like it, it didn't need the rest of the series to, to understand what was happening. It was like a character building moment for them, which I thought was really cool. 
And it gets so much hate. It doesn't need to get <laughs> as much hate as it got. It's not a bad episode. I agree. I've read a lot about the Loki series and how people are like, oh, I really like the Loki series, but also I didn't need the Loki series. And I was like, why not? I thought it was great. I mean, we get to learn sort of where the next big bad comes from. We get to see more Loki, even though they killed him in the MCU. And uh, I mean, it's just more, it's like, this is what we want. This is what comic book fans want. We want more. Give us more, more story, more background for all these characters instead of just like, all right, here's a two hour movie. That's all you get. See you next year. (laughs) Yeah. People who don't like the series can get off my yard. Just (laughs) sorry. We have nothing to speak of. (laughs) Uh, All right, Luke, what about you? Yeah, so thinking back on this, and in regards to the favorite episode, um, it's probably going to be episode six. Just because what's so cool with this series, just like all of them, you know, you can deep dive on the comics and stuff, but I think they did a good job of like really setting things up, but moving it in a very unique direction. Um, not what I think most. Uh, comic nerds were kind of expecting um you know i think i think like the bulk of these uh series like they all fall to the same thing of like being a little bit predictable i mean going into episode six it was predictable and that's why i got nervous because like the within the first five minutes i was like okay this is exactly what i was expecting to happen which which it was going in that direction and then they were able to kind of shift that narrative and make it really interesting and i just really enjoyed it um, when it comes to favorite moments, <clears throat> I would go with uh, with kind of prior to getting episode six when we get to see classic Loki use his full powers to like build up the city. That was pretty cool because, you know, this was going into a depth of the character Loki that we haven't really seen before. Like he we haven't really seen him really reach for full powers. And this time you get to see like what he can really do. And I thought that was really awesome. And it's just fun to see, like, the actor just really get into that character. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he was just eating it up. Oh, yeah. I, I loved all of his social media posts, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Behind, the behind-the-scenes stuff was just great. Well, I, I have to agree that episode five, I feel like, had the most standout moments for me, at least. So I guess not agree, because that's not what you said, but you were just saying the the classic Loki moment. And I was like, yeah, that was such a big moment. And so episode five, uh, Journey into Mystery, is definitely my favorite episode. Um, I felt like it was tailored for a fan like myself that just wants hidden stuff in the background and to see all the different versions of the characters. And it was full of comedy, and it was also full of this crazy backstory getting us to Kang's lair. Um, so I just thought it had everything for me. Like if, if this season was just that one episode and then they were like, all right, that's the Loki show. I would have been like, Oh man, that was great. So on that, my favorite moment, uh, I do have two favorite moments. My first favorite moment is definitely when Loki first gets to the TVA uh in episode one and has to go through his the processing portion where he you know security check. yeah has to yeah has to see everything he's ever said and then he has to go through the are you a robot i thought that was really funny um but my second favorite moment which is probably my all-time favorite moment is alligator loki fighting <laughs> vote loki's handoff i thought it was just ridiculous and serves no real purpose and i thought it was just the perfect bit of bit comedy just like mm-hmm. thrown in the middle of this episode <laughs> uh so that, that had to be my favorite part um and then of course we got to see uh frog thor or throg <laughs> which I, I think i said in episode one i want to see him and boy oh boy did they deliver so Thank you. Thank you, directors and writers of the Loki series. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's, I think that's my favorite for sure. <laughs> Someone needs to take, like, and do, like, this really, like, cheesy 
montage clip of uh, alligator Loki and like just you know I got the vision <laughs> in my head of what it would look like. I wish they would give him like a mini series, like a like a one episode story arc that's just like where he came from, what he was doing mm-hmm. before he was a variant. Um, they should do like a TikTok for uh, Frog Thor. <laughs> Like little, like 30 second episodes. Do you think they came from the same universe? Frog Thor. You know, now that we talk, mentioning that, that kind of makes sense, you would think. But it was just a universe of variants. (laughs) Did you guys see where they actually filmed a full scene for the time theater with Frog Thor and they cut it? Oh, and it it was Loki getting the snot beat out of him by Frog Thor. They better put that up somewhere. They have to. Okay, okay. First of all, I understand why they cut it because they said that it was another one and it was that one and uh, another scene that I hope we'll uh, get to talking about later in the episode that were both cut from the time theater because they thought that they were too funny leading up to the death of Frigga. And I was like, "Uh, okay, okay, I get that. I totally get that. But at the same time, like, listeners, if you've never shared an episode or anything we've said on this show before... (laughs) Please, if you can, let them hear me say, release the Frog Thor scene. I don't care how. I don't care if it goes on YouTube or like listed as a deleted scene on Disney Plus. Just please, please let them know that we, the people, all of us, need to see Frog Thor whoop Loki. Yeah. Where's the Frog Thor, Frog Thor cut? That's what I want. <laughs> release the floor. We got an hour oh. of Zemo dancing. I feel like this is... Yeah. Not too much hmm. to ask. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I would love that. I do wish that he had more, more to do with the uh, the show. Only because I, you know, I think I talked about it whenever we spoke about the Marvel zombies. But there's like an entire universe where all the Marvel characters are apes, and then there's also mm-hmm. the Animal Avengers, which is a short run series about all the different animal Avengers, just like <laughs> Frog Thor, uh, Lockjaw, the, what's the dragon that hangs out with Kitty Pride? I don't know. Um, but there's, there's, there's like seven more. There's a dog that like dresses like Hawkeye. I don't know. It's weird. It doesn't make sense. But if we could make that a live action show, I'd watch it. So, I mean, we're kind of leaning that direction. Frog Thor and Loki Gator. Um, I guess the question is, is knowing that we're going into a season two, is there going to be an episode where we can get multiple versions, variants of Loki and Thor all together? I feel like, like we'd have to see Frog Thor again. Yeah. Well, I was super surprised that this show didn't have, it didn't have any main characters from the MCU that weren't like flashbacks. Right. I mean, we had Skiff, not Skiff, Sif. Um, yeah. But, and nothing against her. She's just not like a main Avenger or anything. So it was weird to me that this, this series really did set up the next step for Marvel. Like, like I said at the beginning, I mean, WandaVision kind of was like it set up this whole thing, but it was really just like a setup for Wanda. Like, hey, now you're a witch and here's this other witch and you're going to do witchy things. But like, okay, cool. And then Falcon Winter Soldier kind of ended and it was like, you're Captain America now. Hard stop. There, there was nothing else really from that. And then this series was like, oh, hey, remember the next two movies that are coming up? Well, here, we're leading you directly into both of them. Mm-hmm. So it was like, why? I mean, you couldn't even get like a Doctor Strange in there or I don't know, some, something. That's... Give me something. <laughs> uh, I think if we need anything, it's season two. Yeah. You know? That's that's when and that the guess the big question is is when will season two release? I'm a I'm a I could see it releasing before the year's up, but 
that's a lot of Disney content. Yeah. <laughs> they've got a lot on their plate right now. When they've already said know. that there's going to be another season of Wanda and another season of Falcon Winter Soldier, so it would be weird to pump out yeah. back-to-back seasons. <laughs> the what? Uh, I guess I missed an early said that we were getting new seasons of WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, well, I don't. I think the WandaVision one, the last time I saw it was like they, they're thinking about doing another season, but the Falcon Winter Soldier, they said they were going to do another season of that. But that at least makes sense to me as like a season show or a series because it is kind of self contained and it doesn't necessarily need to bleed into the MCU. Like, of course, parts of it have to, right? Like, now for which one falcon and winter soldier for falcon and Winter Soldier, yeah like now now falcon is captain america okay that has to yeah. be a part of you know the bigger picture but like the whole side story with u.s agent and stuff like that like that i mean if it plays into the mcu it plays into the mcu but if it doesn't i'm never gonna be like but what about yeah that's <laughs> fine that. so I don't know. I, I don't recall seeing a season two for WandaVision, which we can fact check that just to verify. That's one I would be okay with if they just brought it back as like extended like post credit scenes. I think that yeah. would be cool. Because um, the question I've got now is really like what's, what's going to happen with Wanda? What's her MO? Is she going to kind of go evil? Or they have to fight Wanda? I see. So, okay. So, I just looked it up. It says, WandaVision Season 2 news says that Season 2 is, a premiere date for Season 2 is TBD. But then the very next article says, WandaVision is not getting Season 2, says Elizabeth (laughs) Olsen. So, again, I think that's where we don't know. We're getting one thing from somebody. We're getting something else from somebody else. So, I don't know. I guess we'll... We'll find out. But that is a show that's like, I mean, like you said, what would season two be like her becoming a better Scarlet Witch? I just feel like like that story could be taken to the MCU. There could be a whole movie mm -hmm. that's just dedicated to that. It doesn't necessarily need to be a series. Need to be a series, yeah. As far as bringing uh, some of the big characters into the Disney Plus shows, I mean, I realize that logistically it was probably a problem uh, for all of their first seasons because they were filming all these other movies at the same time. Like, a lot of their actors were just tied up. But maybe now that they've kind of been established, and we've seen how huge of an impact it looks like canonically they're going to have on the MCU as a whole, maybe we will see... Uh, some of them in subsequent seasons like I would be really excited to see even like a Thor variant see Loki in season two that would be so sweet unless they just (laughs) unless they just fought which they probably would (laughs) like Loki be so excited and then Thor deciding oh it's a Loki I have to smash it I the the one thing that I worry with them having another season because we already know that there's going to be I mean I guess we don't know right nobody knows anything because Marvel's <laughs> going to do whatever it wants but no one knows anything from what we can gather there are at least three seasons planned for the Loki series there was season one that we just finished season two and then season three is the one I think that said it was going to introduce Gamora so. We know that there's, again, we we know that we don't know that we know that there's going to be three seasons of Loki. But with the amount of other shows, I'm just going to list off really quick all of the planned shows, some of which you may not know were planned because I didn't when I found the list. I was like, (laughs) oh, it's interesting. There's going to be a Hawkeye show. There's going to be What If. It's going to be She-Hulk, Moon Knight, Miss Marvel, Secret Invasion, Armor Wars, Ironheart, and I Am Groot. That is a lot of live action <laughs> Marvel content for them to pump out. And two of those, Armor Wars and Secret Invasion, are big deals. Like, they're not, you know, these, I, I kind of like what they're doing with like She Hulk, Moon Knight, 
Miss Marvel, it's like these characters that you don't know. So instead of giving them an origin story movie, they're going to do a series now where I'm hoping that they kind of pick up sort of like Spider-Man did where like they've already done the origin. Like we don't have to watch their actual origin. It's more like here they are being superheroes. But I just feel like that's a lot of stuff to, to cram in without making it too muddled of like what's important and what's not important. So with this Loki series and how it ended and it was such a big deal, I really hope that they continue with that with these other series and maybe they do just make them limited. Maybe it is just like a one season thing to kind of introduce this character. And then that character becomes part of the MCU and we don't do the season anymore. Now they're just full fledged Avenger. I mean, I'm excited. That's a lot of stuff to look forward to, but I just, Mm -hmm. it is overwhelming to, to see the list and be like, Oh my gosh, like, are they shooting all this at one time? Like they must be busy year round, just trying to pump out all this new content. Um, You got to think of like state of the world too. Like not to get, go deep into that. It's like, maybe it's just a plan of like with everything, how everything's going. Like, there's always going to be something to watch. Oh, yeah, that's true. And, you know, I feel like, you know, last year kind of movie theaters took a big hit. And yeah. I didn't really think that they were going to come back, to be honest. Um, but I don't think anyone has really gotten it right with the streaming movies. Um, to the price point for streaming a movie is astronomical if you compare it to like if i was just going to go to the theater and watch a movie by myself it's like well i don't know it makes sense for like a family of four or something but i don't know so i I think until they get that right we are going to still see these bigger movies be released so maybe that's their plan is like all right as long as we can get people to keep watching this the series it'll kind of buffer the people that then don't go to the movie theater and wait for it to come out or something like that for free. But that's all garbage talk (laughs) compared to uh, what we're talking about, the real news. So, (laughs) um, well, I guess I kind of want to hear your thoughts on like where you think we're going to pick up these two movies with how Loki left off. Um, I know that I saw a comparison with some of the visuals that we saw with the splitting timelines compared to stuff that we've seen in Spider-Man and stuff that we saw in Dr. Strange, um, which I thought like, again, here we go. Marvel is just like, they're always thinking 35 steps ahead. So either that, or they just look back and they're like, Oh yeah, we did that. Let's just make it look like that. I don't know. But I want to know, is this actually going to lead straight into Quantumania or um, Multiverse of Madness? Or do we think there's going to be something that bridges the end of the Loki series and the start of whichever movie comes first? I think we get a... I'm thinking we could just get lead-ups to multiple movies. Especially if they're going to pull in Gamora. I feel like that, if they push that for season three, then that maybe they're utilizing Loki to lead into the next Guardians film. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't read much into that, so I don't really know you know, what the plot of that film is, what the objective is. I would assume they're trying to find Gamora. Um, whereas with season two, I see it being tighter going into um, either multiverse of madness or quantum mania or, or essentially both, you know, kind of where it picks up. <clears throat> My guess is Loki will try to go back to where he just came from, mm-hmm. hoping that Sylvie's still there so that they can resync and kind of move on. Um, I think the question we're left with is no one really knows who exactly he is. So now everyone's going to be going after him. So he's going to have to figure out how to get through that. So, uh, we kind of know how their technology works now and know how they navigate around. So I feel like that's how it's going to start. He's going to figure out how to get back there in hopes that Sylvie's still there. Right. Since it seems like everything kind of goes to that one point, mm. this void. 
and then from there, maybe they'll fight. <laughs> they may fight again. He may be so mad. He may be like, "Why'd you do that?" Well, on you needed. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw one thing out there that we can come back to, and then I'm gonna to go back to what you were just talking about. But so the Guardians thing, really quick. So we know that Gamora's gone in the main mm-hmm. timeline, and so with them bringing Gamora into the Loki series. It's like, okay, well, so is this Gamora that's coming into the Loki series maybe a variant that didn't die Mm -hmm. to get the stone? And then it it, it all comes down to, like, when does Love and Thunder come out? Because Love and Thunder is going to be with the Guardians. So Hmm. if they're going to have Gamora in this show, but they're also going to have love and thunder which they they have to right they have to be looking for gamora that has to be because that's how they kind of left in game was that they were going to go try to find her so six of one like is it are they going to show us gamora the variant first and then that's who they're going to find in love and thunder or are we going to watch love and thunder and they're not going to find gamora or they're going to find a variant of gamora and then she's going to get somehow taken to the TVA where she then meets up with Loki as variants. I, I don't know. I don't know. And some of that would get repetitive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think that would, that's kind of stuff would get stale with the fan with, with, you know, movie watchers. They are like, okay, we've kind of seen this already. Like, right. Yeah. It's like, Oh, here's a variant and you brought him back yeah. to life and okay, cool. I don't know. Anyway, back to what you were just talking about. So I was thinking about if Loki goes back to try to get Sylvie or try to speak to Sylvie. Assuming he can't just Timpad to the hideout and assuming Sylvie's still in the hideout. Does Sylvie now have control over Elioth? Because it kind of seemed like Kang took over Eliath and created his little time palace inside of Eliath. But it never really said like, oh, like ye who lives here controls Eliath or anything like that. So yeah. in theory, since she had to use the help of Loki to enchant Eliath, if Loki were to go back, he would have to then either have become stronger and be able to enchant Eliath himself or fight Eliath to get to. Yeah. I think we talked about this in the last episode briefly too. Mm. That's, that's the big question. It's like, you know, we're because we're dealing with time. This is like that, that classic time loop scenario. This is the groundhog day. Like he's going to go back there, have to fight Eliath again, get through, get to the Citadel, talk to Miss minutes, get to the main room. Who's there. Right. (laughs) And, Maybe it's just Kang again. Like we already saw they, you know, mm-hmm. they got back and all the statues had changed to statues of Kang. So mm-hmm. it's sort of like time has already shifted. Yeah. I'm I'm interested. Maybe that's how maybe that's how they introduce Doctor Strange. Maybe he gets there and Doctor Strange could be there. Ooh. Oh, they could do so much. They left it so <laughs> Yeah, open. there's a lot they could do. <laughs> to lead up into the story, you know, which, which route they want to go. I don't know. I feel like maybe instead of Loki chasing down Sylvie, it'll be Sylvie trying to find where she put Loki. Um, because like after Loki has his, you know, small mental breakdown, he, he like is suddenly very determined. Like he's like, okay, I made a mistake with this whole Sylvie business. I have to go and warn everybody about what's going to happen. And so, you know, he goes and he finds fake Mobius and everything. Um, so I think he's trying to detach from Sylvie right now. But Sylvie, back at the Citadel, realizing that she's just, you know, unleashed something that she doesn't fully understand, that's probably going to be terrible, and that she has hurt Loki, she's probably going to try to find a way back to him, possibly so that they can work together to defeat whatever's about to show up, maybe to apologize. I don't know. It just seems like it would be more part of her arc to try to make her peace with him rather than the other way around. Yeah. I 
I agree. But I just don't know how, like, they've set such a precedent that this series had such an impact on the universe as a whole that I feel like if they made another season and they tried to make the second season more self-contained and less world-changing, I almost feel like it wouldn't do as well. Like, it wouldn't come across as well because you've set the expectations so high as to the content that we're going to see that then if you were like, okay, now we're going to bring it back down to this love story between Loki and Loki, (laughs) it's going to kind of lose its impact because i i think the impact of their their story and their relationship with each other was so big because it was like hey they're not just it's not just a love story that doesn't have any real clout over what happens to everyone else it's like no they're trying to change the entire timeline (laughs) of the entire marvel universe (laughs) oh yeah there will definitely be a much bigger overarching uh, story in season two. I don't know if it's necessarily going to be regarding a Kang variant or I know it'll probably have something to do with the multiple universes and all that sort of stuff. But considering that Kang will be the villain in a movie, I don't know if they're going to have two different versions of Kang, one in a movie, one in a TV series, being the primary antagonist. Um, And that's kind of like... (laughs) I recently just finished this book that was about a Pixar story structure. And they talked about how there are always layers of story. And the main one will be an action adventure story. And then underneath that will be uh, a relationship story. And then at the very bottom, there will be a uh, journey of the self. (laughs) And so I feel like that's definitely the pattern that they're following here. There's going to be something big and bombastic going on this season too. Just like, uh, you know, breaking (laughs) the universe into a multiverse in season one. Um, but still pursuing whatever's going on between Loki and Sylvie and Mobius and Ravona and all these other characters. Yeah. And, well, and it's also interesting to think like, okay, they've, they've made this multiverse now, which like, can we call it that? Because technically, isn't it just a bunch of different timelines? It's not necessarily a bunch of different universes. Yeah, potato, potato. Right. <laughs> uh, Could be, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so apart from that, sort of weird mix-up um i'm interested to see since it it is such a big deal that now kang is the big bad they spent so long getting to thanos it wasn't like boom here's thanos boom they fight thanos boom it's end game mm-hmm. we're done it was like here's 20 movies to the lead up to end game so here we go we've already introduced kang we already well, not I kind of I mean yeah we haven't seen but not really yeah, yeah. Kang. we haven't seen Kang Kang but yeah but we they've introduced him as the bad already yeah and he's supposed to be the bad guy in Quantumania mm-hmm. and in theory he would also be the bad guy in Multiverse of Madness I mean, they could pull in somebody else, but it just that just seems like you're okay. Now you're blowing through all your mm-hmm. big bad guys too fast. You got to spread them out. So, are we going to then, now that they've introduced this whole like here's multiple people? A is the plan for the Avengers going to be prune all these timelines back to a <laughs> single prime timeline, which like kind of dark. Is it necessary? Who's to say this weird like morality issue with the Avengers? Or is it going to be for the next however many movies, Kang is the bad guy, but every time they beat him, they're introduced to another Kang from another universe because that's his whole thing, right? Is that he just travels around to all the universe and tries to collect them. So Mm-hmm. There's just a never-ending... In, unless they prune all of these other universes, there's a never-ending supply of Kangs to be the bad guy. What if Ant-Man just whoops Kang so badly that it fixes the multiverse and we just go back to normal? <laughs> Maybe. I'm just... Uh, I'm thinking heavily on No Way Home. Like, what's going to happen there? Like, because I'm feeling with, with No Way Home, it's going to introduce 
you know, if you're on the main timeline, like what actually happens because of all the stuff that just, mm-hmm. you know, well, I, I think it'd be so sick if like no way home picks up right where, um, the last one left off. Yeah. Like at the very, very, like the post credit scene, and all that, like, well, do you think just, no way home? Here's my issue with no way home is that I feel like they've been trying really hard to build up the Spider-Man story as a, we still haven't gotten a Sinister Six. Yeah. So they're, they're in, they've introduced most of the characters now. <laughs> right. And it seems to me like they're taking Spider-Man and they're trying to kind of remember that he's in the main storyline of Marvel, but also trying to build him up as his own thing so that he can fight the Sinister Six the Marvel way. But on the other side of that, it's like, well, you you can't do that because you've made it so they've made it so that every time there's a movie, that movie has to impact the Avengers in some way so that all of these movies are connected and they're a whole. And it's, we're not doing the Sony thing where Spider-Man is just its own set of movies unrelated to all of the Marvel Avengers movies. But also they have so many things that they could do. Like when I first heard of no way home and then started seeing that like, Oh, Tobey Maguire's in it. Andrew Garfield is in it. My first thought was, Oh my God, what if no way home is like a live action into the spider verse? Like that would be cool. And And it would make sense to the storyline now that there's all these universes. Mm -hmm. So if they introduced a Gwen Stacy and, or whatever, spider Gwen and a noir Spider-Man and stuff like that. It's like, okay, well it it has a purpose now because there's all these different universes that could come together. I get it, but I'm nervous that no way home is going to be another step towards this Spider-Man sinister six thing, as opposed to tying him into this multiverse of madness storyline. I'm just not getting that. I just want to get a trailer. That's all. That's, no literally all <laughs> no you're not gonna get it they're gonna wait until the, <laughs> day, the day it comes out they're gonna be like here you go here's the movie i think it was Keep boss it. logic that posted today that said that the no way home trailer would air before the no way home movie <laughs> yeah well the, yeah it was like the latest image that that boss logic did that got me thinking about wanda like because he kind of set it up like wanda who's they're gonna who is someone they're gonna fight in Spider-Man? Just in something. Oh, well, I mean... It's just, it's just kind of... Well, if so, okay, so that's the thing, though, is like, okay, now, so we have all these universes. We're supposed to get X-Men soon, sometime in the next five to ten years. We're going to get an X-Men movie. And so multiverse kind of makes sense, like, okay, well, are they bringing in X-Men from some other universe or whatever? I, it doesn't matter. We're going to get X-Men Wanda is an X-Men character and she went crazy already. So we could, they could push that into a house of M storyline yeah, and have her wipe all of the mutants powers and create paradise Island and all that other crazy stuff. Hmm. But I feel like that those storylines are like, that's a big bat. That's not a, a quick one-off movie that's like a seven or eight movie arc where you lead up to it like Thanos <laughs> so mm-hmm. they've already I feel like they've already introduced so much more with Kang and the multiverse and the quantumania and the madness multiverse of madness and so it's like well, I just I feel overwhelmed with how many ways this could go if they're going to go the same route that they did to lead up to Thanos, or was that just like them kind of testing things out? And now they know they can, they've got it streamlined so they can do things a little bit shorter without burning us all out on having six movies a year and Mm -hmm. 13 series every year. Like, I don't know. I'm excited. That would be good for the podcast. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah, definitely. (laughs) 
don't please marvel if you want to put out an episode a week of something i'll i'll take it but <laughs> i feel like they're with the series you can kind of see they're going too fast it seems like they they almost can't keep up with themselves because we get to these last episodes and like don't get me wrong the last episode of loki was really good but the last episode of wandavision and the last episode of falcon and the winter soldier just felt rushed they felt it felt like they didn't have the time to get the story they wanted to across and i feel like it's because they were already shooting the next 15 things on top of yeah. trying to finish this show so it's like just pump the brakes a little bit and spread the content out if you need to but like we're enjoying it let us enjoy it don't just rush it to get it out there so i guess i'm i guess we'll see <laughs> still gotta watch black widow are you gonna... watched it yet no no gotta watch that mm. uh we are going to talk about that and have it up for patreon uh subscribers next week uh it will be up there early um eventually it will come out a shortened version will come out for the public but for all of you patreon subscribers getting your first piece of exclusive content early content uh with more to come so definitely definitely go check out our patreon and if you're not subscribed consider subscribing um i guess before we wrap this up do you guys have any last thoughts on the loki series as a whole i have a few things that i wrote on my paper that we haven't gone over yet. <laughs> Uh, one of them is, uh, and I'm sure everybody has seen this by now, that uh, Kate Heron, the director of this season, will not be back for season two. And so I, I don't blame her at all. This show has been her entire life for like over a year and a half now. Of course she wants to move on and do some other <laughs> stuff. It's okay. You're fine. Um, but that does lead to uh, some speculation about maybe who could be called in as director for another season of course a lot of people are saying like taika taika come help us but i feel like his dance card's a little bit full right now yeah he's what he's doing like three movies and two other shows or something yeah he's like yeah. doing his own tv shows and he's being in movies and he's directing movies like he's he's, he's busy, busy. <laughs> he's busy i don't think we're gonna get taika um but that also like how different of a direction would a new director take the show in um, and I don't even know if we'll keep uh, Michael Waldron around as the head writer next year because, and it's not unheard of for a writer to uh, lead a, a staff of writers on more than one series at a time. But a show that he created called Heels is about to uh, premiere on Stars like next month. And so he might be too busy. I kind of, I think that he can probably swing doing another season of Loki. And I would love mm. to have him back because... Uh, as I said earlier, I really liked the first episode, and that was the one that he wrote on his own. And, of course, he would have had a strong influence over all the episodes, even if they were credited to different writers, since right. he's the showrunner. Um, so I hope he comes back, but he might not. We just don't know. We'll um, see how Heels does. Yeah, we'll see how Heels does. <laughs> it's about wrestlers, by the way. That's what it's about. Oh, man, that sounds good. <laughs> it's like small-town wrestlers. That sounds, I was like... Okay. <laughs> Almost like that Netflix. What was it? Glow? Yeah, Glow. Kind of like Glow, probably, except these are dudes. Um, <laughs> uh, a couple of other things that I wrote down was I mentioned uh, deleted scenes and two others that hurt me that they cut were uh, I mentioned last week that we never got to see uh, the scene of Loki on the throne of Asgard that was in the trailer. Apparently, that was another one that was supposed to be in the time theater. And it took a funny enough turn that they didn't think that it was appropriate anymore, uh, considering <laughs> what happened to Frigga. So, yeah. Also, if you guys want to release that one, that'd be great. But the biggest one that they removed was they actually filmed what happened whenever Sylvie bombed the timeline uh, in the Rocks car. And they wound up cutting it. Because, first of all, it winds up not being that big of a deal. They go and they prune all those new branches before it becomes a big issue for anybody. True. 
And they said that since that next episode was Lamentis, they wanted to keep the focus on those two characters, not all the crazy stuff happening with the TVA. Yeah, I mean, I get that, but also I... (laughs) It was weird that they... Yeah, they did such, like, a big thing. Like, she bombed the timeline, and then TVA was freaking out, and then we never saw anything. We were just like, oh, yeah, the TVA must have taken care of it. (laughs) We thought that was creating the multiverse. We were like, whoa, we're two episodes (laughs) in, and we already broke the multiverse. (laughs) Then they were like, nah, we're fine. We're fine. They they got it. (laughs) We fixed all that. It was not a deal. (laughs) Um, so yeah, that and, uh, the assembled episode about Loki that I was telling you guys, y'all should watch. You probably haven't cause y'all have day jobs, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it was really good. And there were lots of interesting kind of behind the scenes things. And as a, uh, like I mentioned earlier, a writing and a story structure nerd, they showed, uh, Michael Waldron in, uh, the writer's room and he had, uh, he had a plot map on the whiteboard and I could tell that it was uh or it looked very very much like Dan Harmon's story circle so if you guys are familiar with Dan Harmon first of all Michael Waldron has worked with him on Community and on Rick and Morty and I think on Community he was like his assistant um and he has his very own story structure model that he uses on all of his tv shows and it looks like that's what Waldron is still using on Loki Hey, if it works, it works. Hey. <laughs> I'm a fan of community, yeah. so that's, that's pretty cool. Oh, yeah, I love community. Love community. I think it's important for Marvel to keep keep getting comedy directors. And like not they're not like solely comedy directors, but get directors that know how to direct comedy because they can take shows like this. And like I, I guess I kind of understand why they didn't want to put a bunch of funny stuff right before a serious thing. But I've always felt like Marvel has done such a good job at bringing comedy in without making it unbelievable when we go to something serious. It's like the serious parts get you, the comedy parts make you laugh, and then there's another serious part that gets you again. So the comedy is like this fun, like actual comic relief for the heavier stuff that's happening. So... I think they're doing a really good job of picking directors for all of these series that, again, it's more like the series are sort of fan service, right? Like, they're not necessary. Like, if you didn't watch the shows and you just watched the movies, you'd still get the basis of what's going on. But for us, like, fans of Marvel content, it's like, oh, this is great to get to see... (laughs) all of these series with all these extra stories and they're not totally different feeling than the movies. Like it is sort of like watching a movie broken up into a bunch of mini movies. Mm-hmm. And so. they don't feel cheaper. Yeah. Oh, well, probably because they're not, they're probably more expensive, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what about you, Luke? Any last, last thoughts on the series? No, overall I was very pleased with it. Um, you know, looking back at the three, this I think this one may take the reign as number one, being top of the list. Um, yeah, I'm just excited for the rest of it. <clears throat> I think, uh, you know, reflecting back on this, this you know, six episodes, there were moments, like we mentioned before, that they never kind of, kind of went back and completed. So, like, when, you know, Sylvie bombed everything, I wish they would have did a little bit more with that. I hope they kind of take that as, like, a lesson learned and kind of if they do something like that again in season two, they expend the time to show us if someone's fixing it or what impact does it actually have? Mm-hmm. Cause like, yeah, like I thought like this is going, all right, we're, we're ready. We're getting right into it. And then it was like, where'd it go? Where'd all that go? Um, but yeah, like as long as they don't kind of get the whole, like, variant let's go to the tva thing like and stell it out and they keep it interesting and moving um connecting with this one i'm cool with it connecting to the films um whereas the future series if they're standalone things that's fine but yeah as long as this connects a little bit deeper into the films and where we're going with the the next phase i'm being very happy with it this will be a strong strong show yeah i definitely agree i i it is my favorite of the three that we've seen so far um, I just felt like it had more impact. Um, but again, it's it's like 
it's like all of these seasons, they put out a season and they don't expect to get a second season. So these are all like tests to see like who's going to watch this stuff, which I get for WandaVision. But like after WandaVision, it's like, okay, you, you have, you clearly have a fan base for these series. So put some time into the series. If you need to make the series eight episodes, make the series eight episodes. You don't have to do these like weird six episode <laughs> tester series to like feel out if the show's worth it or not. It's like, nah, just make an eight episode series. And if nobody watches it, all right, that season ends and that's the end of that series. You don't have to, mm-hmm. I don't know. It does seem like they're rushing for no real reason. Yeah. So, but we have a lot of stuff to look forward to. Um, got a lot of movies and other series coming out relatively soon. So, uh, like I said before, we'll be taking next week off um, just since this series has ended. But then be sure to check back the week after that for what we're going to do next. We're going to keep you in the dark, so it'll be a surprise. Uh, But if you're not a Patreon subscriber already, definitely go subscribe to our Patreon. Next week, you'll be able to hear our thoughts and our episode on Black Widow, uh, which just came out last week, so... If you haven't watched it yet, just fork over the $30 and watch it so, yeah. that you, <laughs> so, that, so that you know what we're talking about. If you're cool with the state of the world, go to the movie theater. I went and saw it in the movie theater, had a blast, and it's, it's a fun one. It's one that's fun to see in the movie theater. I, you know, it's hard to not see a Marvel movie in the theater. They're just right. so big and in your face so yeah if you if you have a theater near you and you are a theater goer and you're fine with it then why not see it in the theater but if you're more chill just hanging out at home it's there for you which is exciting so come on 10 rings can't wait um (laughs) (laughs) so that'll do it for this week be sure to join us in two weeks for what we are going to talk about next. (laughs) Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.